Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Key. Morning, Jay. Good What's morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good weekend. Survived the weekend. Yeah, you survived it? How, why survive? Well, because when you're coming off the NFL draft and coming out of Vegas, you still <laughs> got a little hangover. So, you know, some stuff was held over for over the weekend, yeah, so the, to speak. The, the, next, the next couple rounds of the NFL draft, to me, need to be a bigger deal. We need to, like, somehow pump it up more because the second and third rounds especially are really interesting to me. Yeah, I'm just going back to what happened in the NBA. I mean, just Jack Harlow sitting courtside. Uh, Obviously, we have the Jack Harlow music playing, but him playing with the camera. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was actually like the game is the camera guy is on the ground and he's sitting courtside and he's playing with the dials on the guy's camera and it goes viral. And I'm like, of course, we're applauding stuff like this. Yeah, but saw some good basketball over the weekend, too. By the way, shout out to my mom, Mama Will. In the hospital, uh, was with her this weekend. Just want to tell you, I love you, Mom. Yeah. Yeah, Jay. Thoughts with you, brother. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So it is time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Guys, I, what would you say? I'd say the biggest thing that came out of the weekend of basketball that people are buzzing about was Draymond Green's ejection. Right? That's the thing that people are actually talking about. So Kane Fitzgerald, the – the crew chief for the Warriors-Grizzlies game, explains the ejection to the crowd. Listen to this. After review, the foul has been upgraded to a flagrant foul penalty, too. Wow. Draymond Green has been ejected for the windup to the face, impact to the face, the follow-through to the jersey, and the throwdown to the ground. So, Key, what I saw on that play was Draymond Green... First, coming down with his hand on the face. I thought he could have gotten away with that. Then grabbing the jersey, right, and jerking him down, like like pulling him down. And I think he probably could have gotten away with that, but not both. When you put both together, you go, come on, man, that's not, those aren't basketball moves. So he, he, his intention was too clear. Because he did both of them, they ejected him. Now, Draymond did not agree with the, frag- with the flagrant two foul. Listen to Draymond's response to everything on his podcast, an emergency episode of his podcast. I am dumb enough to think that it would not even be a flagrant one, that, you know, the the playoffs are a little tougher and not as soft as the regular season, you know, and that, um, <clears throat> you know, you can you can bump a little more and you get away with a little more, you know, like I think tonight, uh, was probably a reputation a reputation thing more so than a hard foul. By definition, if we go through the definition of a flagrant two foul, I'm not sure that play would quite be the definition of a flagrant foul. I'm not sure it would meet that criteria. I'm with Draymond. I don't think that qualifies for a flagrant two, but yeah, in the end of the day, it's a reputation foul. Look, the dude tried to hold him up. 
understand your momentum pulls him down. I understand when you are swiping at something, yes, you may hit him or whatever the case is, and it looks like that you intentionally tried to harm the individual in which you are trying to defend. He pulled him down, but his momentum, then when he realizes, okay, this dude getting ready to fall to the floor, I'm going to try to hold him up because I'm strong, so I'm going to hold him up, but yet and still, the referees didn't see it that way, but I think in their mind, they had already made their decision before they even got to the table. Before they even looked at it, it was already a decision made in their mind. <laughs> Draymond Green, crying victim. Oh, my goodness. The guy that has been top six in the NBA since 2015, leading with technical fouls, is crying victim. Is it reputation? You're damn right it's reputation. It goes along. There's facts that prove it's reputation. First off, he has to be smarter than that, than grab a dude by the jersey. The first foul was fine. I'm all about playoff physicality. Maybe 15 years ago, none of this was called. The guy goes to the free throw line, takes two free throws. But what happens is when a guy jumps in the air after you give him a hard foul and he's vulnerable off his two feet and you grab him by the jersey midair, when you pull him down to the ground, regardless of whether you tried to catch him or not, what if he doesn't catch him? What if he cracks his head on the ground? It's deserving of it. It's deserving of ejection. And my thing is, look, they still won the game, so it doesn't really matter. He's not going to miss time. But for people out there that are trying to defend Draymond Green, I'm laughing at it. Because it, it, it's a combination of reputation and the double foul. Like, it, it speaks for itself. Draymond Green got to be better than that. And he knows that because he put himself in that situation to begin with. That's how I feel about it. But did he really hit him in his face, though? Like, was that really flagrant too worthy? Because right. I'm not no, buying it was not, that, Jordan. Not at Jay, all, I yeah. just can't buy it. But, but not yeah, it's, not the, it's not the hit in the face, so I don't care about that. It's the fact that when a dude jumps up to do a play, when you grab him by the jersey and it slings him down, regardless of whether you try to break his fall or not, when if your hands miss and he cracks his head on the ground? All I'm saying, like, I, everybody's trying to justify by saying, oh, he tried to catch him. And I'm like, okay, well, if he misses him. That's he a, knew he messed up. But that's he why knew he messed up. Swipe, he was swiping down at the ball in his hand. No, I'm not talking the about the swipe down at the ball, Key. I'm not talking about the hard foul. The hard foul is fine. Slap me in the face. He slapped people in the face the last series during Denver. I have no problem with it. You didn't hear me complaining on national TV about it. You get slapped on the face. You get slapped on the arms, whatever it is. Hard foul. It's after the hard foul when the dude is still going up and he slings him by grabbing his jersey to the ground. If that were me, I would have fought. Yeah, see, I, I didn't see it that way, but I don't look know. at I, it, King. It's right there on the screen. Well, the intention. I, see, I, I see it, it to me. It looked like in real time that he was grabbing, look, and when man. he was grabbing, he caught onto the jersey, and at, at that point, he he's pulling his My momentum man. is pulling him, well, and then he tries to stop his fall. That's what it looked like to me. Jay, but I ain't the referee, so you know. Jay, I would say this: there's. Like, let, let's parse it even more, right? Because the first one, this idea, he's just swinging for the ball. He happens to hit him in the face, or even if it wasn't hard. Nah, he, was, he was swinging to make it uncomfortable. He caught him a little bit. Then the, then the next move was the jersey move, right? I'm not saying his intention was to injure him, right? That's why he helps him. When, that's why he catches him. He's like, I'm not trying to but, injure, but, but, right, but, hurt but, you. But it was not a basketball move. It was, he jerked him down away from the ball. It was a non-basketball move. By the way, it's like, first off, look, go back and show the replay again. He didn't catch him on the way down. He caught him after his yeah, body after already him. hit the ground. That's number one, right? And that's a, that's a dirty play. Yeah. That's a dirty-ass play. 
It's exactly what it is. Here's another example for you, Max and Key. If you get multiple speeding tickets for speeding, going 100, going 95, going 98, by the time you get your four speed, they're like, yo, come on, taking your license away. Right? Like, you're a repeat offender. I don't see it as a dirty play, Jay. I'm sorry, man. I just don't see it. I see his momentum. He's going one way. The guy, he's going one way. As strong as he is, he's pulling. And when he realizes he's pulling him too much, he then tries to hold him up. I don't see it as a dirty play. Man, I, I don't just see don't. that at all. I'm, I'm, I'm the one you, dude. You I'm the one dude that if if, if anything, I'm going to tell you whether or not something is dirty because I do not appreciate what somebody is deliberately trying to injure another player I didn't or it. deliberately or deliberately doing something that could injure another player. So I, I just don't see it. I'm yeah. sorry. I know his reputation is big. I know people look at the first thing. If he sneezes, it's a problem because of what he's done in the past. Yes, he's had a lot of ejections. Yes, that is true. But all his ejections isn't for this. A lot of his ejections, let's put context with it, is because he's arguing with the referees on a call. They don't appreciate that, so guess what? They team up, then throw him out. Let's be real here. All of it isn't this that we just saw. I didn't say, I mean, you don't. a play doesn't have to be deliberate to be dirty. Right. It doesn't have to be deliberate. I mean, so if a guy's up in the air, there's no way for me to protect myself. Key, if you were to jump up in the air and your feet are off the ground and I were to grab you while you're vulnerable, both, both of your hands are above your head going for a play, while you're vulnerable, grab you by the jersey and yank you down to the ground. Something bad could happen. Something bad could happen. Yeah, yeah. No question, but I don't think he deliberately I, tried to matter grab you deli- to yank you to I'm the ground. I'm saying it doesn't matter if he's deliberate or not. That's but that's what on. they you're did. Saying, they gave him a fragrance, too, that, because of that, you're though, saying, Jay. You're saying that he didn't do like, – if you want to say he wasn't trying to injure him, I'm with you. That's why he helped Same him. here. But if you're saying he didn't deliberately grab him, he pretty clearly knew no, he grabbed gra- Jersey grabbed him, but down. not to yank him to the ground. His momentum pulled him to the ground. Well, his momentum oh. didn't pull him nowhere. His momentum was going that's up towards the true, ground. Jay, Key, Jay, that's you not ju- true, Jay. That's not true. He's jump going up, from left Key, to right. No, it's Key, when he, when you, show the play again. When you jump up in the air towards the rim, your momentum is taking you up. We oh, yeah, I, I understand that, but if your momentum is taking you up and I stick my arm out and I get cloth and I'm going the other way, I'm going to pull you. I'm going Man, to pull nah, you. Nah. He hits him with the right arm and then he grabs him with the left arm, Key. Yeah, and then yanks down. Hits him with the right arm, breaks down, and then grabs on top uh, listen, with the left arm. There'll be more of this. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no uh, compromise. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive you Insurance. Lose. Draymond Green, a crying victim. Totally different process <laughs> the Sixers are going through now. It's a process, though. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Don't you notice uh, the NFL draft guys bringing back legends from the past to make uh, the picks for the teams? I mean, I, I like the kid who picked for the Giants. <laughs> he was psyched. <laughs> he should make all the picks for the Giants from now on. But, like, a lot of times you get legends of the past making picks for the teams. Key, where were you? Working. <laughs> what do you mean, where were I? I was working. Why don't you have time for that? Draft. All those invitations came in. I didn't want them. I got to work. I can't take <laughs> Who'd off. Who did they come in from? The league office. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, Key, wait. How would you? I have it, four teams. I could have picked from either one. I was just saying. Uh, Who would you have chosen yeah, to pick a, for? 
probably the Jets because they had the highest. Let me see. One, two, three. Yeah, the Jets. They had the highest draft pick. No, I'm but, saying, who do you have that feeling for of all the teams you played for? Who's the f- special feeling? Like, I want to pick for them. I probably would have picked the Jets. That's what I'm saying. I picked the Jets. They had the highest. It's New York. They had the highest draft pick. Yeah, I'm doing the Jets. That's what I'm curious about, though, Key. How would you have done it, though? So say you had, you know, the top pick for the Jets. Like, would you – like, you're not a yeller. So, like, you wouldn't – would you have been, like, extra – No, I would not. How would you have done it? I'm not jumping up there and pumping my fist. Yeah, can we get – can we get, It would have been boring. Can we get the exclusive, what it would have sounded like if you were making the Jets pick? I need that. I would probably say – with the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sauce Gardner, University of Cincinnati. And that would have been it. Pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad at all. That would have been – you would say that's pretty good. You're just happy about the pick. I am no, not happy. It, it, but, oh, but I'm Jay, so happy about the Jets today. Jay, Let's at the go. end of the day, the crowd was going to go crazy when Regardless. I stepped on the stage, so I didn't yeah. need to pump them up. As soon as I would have walked on the stage, it would just went nuts and – I would have had to quiet him down and tell him to relax. I got this. Jay, that's what it would have been. Jay, that's what it would have sounded like. Here to make the pick, the first overall pick in the 1996 NFL draft, Keyshawn Johnson. Boo! Yeah, I don't think so. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Evan. I don't think so. I highly doubt. By the way, I want to take another pass at my original question. Key, I'm not talking about who had the best picks. I mean, what team do you feel it's like? I said the Jets. He said the Jets. Yeah, but but you didn't give the reason. Like, you got the I did. I gave you the reason. You got the most love for the Jets? The Jets. The Jets had the highest pick, and I rock with the Jets. I would have taken the Jets. That's what I'm asking. It's like when someone gets, you know, played for three teams, goes into the Hall of Fame, they got to choose what uniform, that type of stuff. Jay want me to act like I ain't never been there before. Like, no, this is I, no, 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 no. You want no, me to no, get no. up there and act like everything is new. No, <laughs> no, you know? no I, could, I could never imagine you screaming up there yelling and doing all. You would have been just like matter of fact, like he typically is. That's all. You don't want me to say, New York City. Hey, yeah. 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 With the beer yeah. in your hand. Ten seconds. With the beer, beer in my hand. hand. Yeah. <laughs> G-Sean, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Mm. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Those big guys take a beating in the face sometimes, man. Kareem <laughs> had to put on the goggles. Joel's going to have to wear a mask or something, the way uh, he's getting hit in the face. What a non-basketball play. Anyway, with the I know elbow. We, we never got Swung a chance it. to really revisit that. We talk about Draymond. UFC. That should have been for Pascal Siakam right there. You don't yeah. rip the ball across your head like that. That's a non-basketball play. Yeah, but the real question was. So, well, it's not even a question. Hey, look. What is the expression? Can't win for losing, can't lose for winning. I always forget the expression, but I never figured out what that meant. But it applies to Doc Rivers somehow. Like, Doc can't win for losing, lose for winning. Like, something key. It's not exactly something bad always happens for that guy, but it's something like it. Like, even when the Sixers win, something bad happens and Doc gets pointed to. So, the big question was, in this game, why was Embiid even in 
with four minutes left in game six because the Sixers were up big, not just double digits, 20-something points. 29. For a lot of that's a 20-something, 29, 25. So Doc was asked about it at the postgame presser. And the other team had all their guys in, too. Um, the last five minutes of the game, we made the run the last minute of that game, uh, right before that. That's when we got a 29. Uh, after Joel made the shot and did the airplane, if you watch the game, I turned and said, let's get, I'm calling a timeout on the next possession. So, not upset that he was in. You can make that a big deal if you want. But uh, just go and look at every team and every game and their guys are in until about the four, three minute mark. That's what it is. Look, man, I just, I really, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't know if we'll see Doc Rivers be the head coach of the 76ers next year. It just it, it feels like between what happened last year with the Atlanta Hawks, multiple double-digit leads, what's happened throughout this year with him answering back at multiple 3-1 leads, Toronto come back, they won the game. It was a big-time game by Joel Embiid. But there's no way in hell he should be in the game up 29 points. And, look, it just works out that way. But I feel like unless they get past the Miami Heat, which I don't have them getting by the Miami Heat, Getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't, I don't know how he comes back. I, I, it feels like this whole thing is set up for Mike D'Antoni to come in and to coach his team. And he, here's one other thing about it. I feel like without Joel Embiid, there's several reports he may come back game three, game four. People are starting to build this narrative about can James Harden single-handedly keep you know, this team in the series. And I feel like we're going to come out of this whole thing when it's all said and done speaking worse about James Harden because James Harden cannot have that battery pack that he had four or five years ago when he was in Houston single-handedly producing 40 points a game, 15 assists. It's not the same James Harden. I guess the Heat. And Miami's defense is so good. Look at what they did to Trey Young. We're about to see them do something different to James Harden. So we're going to be talking about James Harden differently than we are even now, and even now we're not talking about him as great as we used to talk about him. Well, I think if they steal one, and they can figure out how to steal one on these two, now you got an opportunity if, if Joel Embiid is actually coming back. you Guys like this, James Harden, for whatever reason, I'm not one to count them out because in the regular season, you know, he started to fade toward the end and everybody went crazy. His game changed in the playoffs and everybody's like, oh, this is what James needs to do. Now, all of a sudden, he can't do it. So, it's kind of like, all right, you saw him. I guess he was out of shape at the end of the year. But then, all of a sudden, he got in shape at the start of the playoffs. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You can't go from one extreme to the next in a matter of days. And so, I think he can. I want to see it, though. He's been able to do it at times in the past. I believe uh, in the regular season, without him beating the lineup, James Harden and company took care of business against Miami. Now, that was in the regular season different than the playoffs. Miami's defense clearly has gotten better and better and better. But we'll see. I mean, I'm just not one to count him out just yet with two games. You know, yet and with two games, you can steal one, and then you get Joel Embiid back, and I think it's a different situation. We just showed on on TV uh, the ISOs go, go almost triple when Embiid is off the court for James Harden. That could be bad news against the Miami defense. It's back up now. Isolations per 100 possessions, 11 when Embiid is on the floor, 27 when Embiid 
is off the floor for Harden, and he's going against a defense that will be prepared to stop that. I want to go back to what Doc Rivers said, though, guys. I don't like – I'm a Doc fan, but I don't like the way he's been answering some of this criticism. Now, you put yourself in his shoes, and you understand if you're getting criticized, from your natural instinct's going to be to defend yourself. But there's a way to do it. So first he was like, hey, if you're going to tell the story about the collapses, tell the whole story. That was before the weekend. What about, you know, the fact that I was up in the series with an eight seed and da-da-da? Okay. But Doc should understand, of course, that th- that part of the story's been told, and now we're telling this other part of the story because this it keeps rearing its head. Now they won the series. Good for him. Now he's, ta- now he's being asked point blank, why is Embiid in the game? He should answer that question. Instead, what he said was, oh, everyone's playing their guys at that point. That's not an answer to the question. I'm doing it because everyone's doing it. That's not an answer. And he said, oh, we went up 29, then he did the airplane. Then, then I was going to take him out. Yeah, but you were up 20-something for a grip with under five minutes left in the game. What is he doing in the game? Here's an answer. Listen, but the way guys know, are shooting Max, threes nowadays. Max, yeah. them, 20, them 20 points, man, disappear in a heartbeat in the NBA. Just say that. that. But, so yeah. say that. You know that. But say that or you take him out. And if that lead dissipates to 10 or 15, then you put him back in. Or even just say what Key just said. Hey, the way they're shooting the three ball nowadays, that thing can evaporate in a second. He didn't. He said everyone else is doing it. Not a good answer. It looks, I agree with Jay, man. If Harden gets shut, if they get by and then Harden gets shut down against the Heat, here comes Dan Tony. Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought to you by by Navy Federal Credit Union. Proud to serve members of the armed forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. One team that's about to take off after crushing the NFL draft. Plus, why Key thinks Aaron Rodgers should absolutely love the Packers picks. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented you, to you by Progressive Insurance. Key's real rankings are brought to you by Dell. These rankings for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Key, take it away. Number six. 
number six in the in the winning teams in the draft. This also includes trades throughout the draft. So I factor in the Arizona Cardinals and Hollywood Brown. Getting Hollywood Brown over from the Ravens to replace Kristen Kirk, a guy who went to the Jacksonville Jaguars for the money, puts them at number six. They put in a void. They got a void. Fill the void that they needed, so to speak, at that speed position with A.J. Brown on the outside along with DeAndre Hopkins. Speed it Number up. five. The New York football <laughs> Giants. Let's just start with Kayvon Thibodeau and forget the rest. Evan Neal's there, but let's think about this for a minute, Max. Your favorite team in a long line of defensive ends from Michael Strahan's to Lawrence Taylor's. You think about this kid in New York City with that personality. If he could do anything close to them, he'll be a rock star in that city. Number four. Number four, again, trades are factored into this. You talk about A.J. Brown coming over from the Tennessee Titans, pair him with Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts get a big-time strong weapon to move the chains for him, but also at times can take it the distance. I think that's a win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Number three. Now you get down to number three, the meat and potatoes of this entire draft as far as I'm concerned. The question marks was headed into this draft. Will the Green Bay Packers somehow figure out how to get Aaron Rodgers some help? Well, with their first two picks, they did not on the offensive side of the ball. They ensured the defense would bolster up because they took two guys on the defensive side. Then later on, they shocked everybody by taking three wide receivers, not just two. We'll talk about them as things go on. You talk about the North Dakota State kid and Christian Watson, then Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. Both these guys were rated higher, went lower than what people expected. This will be interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers loves this as the season wears on. He's used to playing with young receivers and having success. Number two. The Baltimore Ravens at number two. Again, many people thought that they were going to take a receiver because they moved on from Hollywood Brown. They decided that's not what they wanted to do. They wanted to go in a different direction. Build the offensive line. Get defensive players like Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. They decided we're going to go back to the old way of doing things from several years ago when we led the foot when we led the National Football League in rushing and dominating on defense. They're trying to do that all over again. Number one. And number one, this is not a surprise to many. The New York Jets, the number one team. That is the winner in the National Football League. First of all, they take Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Then they move at the 10th spot and get Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. They move back into the first round at 26 and grab Jermaine Johnson. Then all of a sudden, they fool everybody and get the best back in Brees Hall from Iowa State. And if you move down, they take Jeremy Ruckett at, at, out of Ohio State at the tight end position. Max Mitchell, the offensive tackle. So the Jets are the winners in this draft on my ranking as far as I'm concerned. Let's Argue go. Argue with me if you choose to. I will not. Let's go, Jets, baby. Super Bowl. Key said it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the Jets, <laughs> the last couple of years, Key, they show you whether or not they got the picks right. That's something else. But they show you how to team build, right? Let's get the left tackle, the, the left guard who's versatile. You put in front of the quarterback who they took. Then they went out and get the they went out and got the guy to cover the receiver. They went out and got the receiver. Like step by step. Check. They went out and got the guy to go get the quarterback. Went out and got a run, moved up to get a running back. I, I get it. I get it though. They got high end talent. Uh, all those but all that being said, said they'll win talent. three games, Evan. Yeah, 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 Key, you you beat your chest too hey. much. Key, that was exactly my point, Key. I was like, as much as – and I, I'm happy for the Jets. It was incredible. I just still think about Zach Wilson. 
and like, is he the guy? Same. Is he the guy? And we're going to find out. Yes, we are. Very quickly. Could you imagine if they hit on everything else? Like, oh, my God. Everywhere else. Oh, check, check, check. And they didn't hit on the quarterback. Then none of it matters. You you know what's so interesting about this? But they're at least building a right way around this quarterback. And we can't say that they did that with Sam Darnold. They're at least doing things that people expect a team with a young quarterback to do. We're building. And there you, you go. Know what's so great? You know what's so great about this? It reminds me of the 97 class to a degree when the Jets elected to move out of the number one spot and we got James Ferrier and, 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 and Dietrich Ward and Leon Johnson. We, we started picking players that could build a nucleus for a long time to co- go around the team. And I think when I look at this draft for them – and I start to look at some of the people that they got, like Michael Clemens. They got him another defensive end out of Texas A&M, an edge rusher. When you start to look at some of the picks, you sit there and you say to yourself, they want to build for three years from now, not today. And as mm-hmm. everybody starts to grow, then you're going to get a complete team that could potentially be around in the AFC East for six, seven years. And, Key, if Zach Wilson is not the guy, you have a good foundation in yeah. place to attract a guy because now people know around the league that you are just a quarterback away. Yeah, if you look at positional value, like quarterbacks won, then you could argue like the guy to go get the quarterback, defensive end, check. They got the quarterback. We'll see if he's the right guy. Jermaine Johnson, the second. They move up, grab him, check, high level, right? Maybe he's one of the two or three best pass rushers in the draft. Then then the guy to protect the quarterback. We'll see about Becton or Vera Tucker or whatever, but that was the idea, check, check, right? The guy to go out and catch the ball, check. The guy to defend that guy, check. The guy to run the ball at a high level. It's like this is how you do it ideally, and now we have to see if the quarterback can play. But one team we know where the quarterback can really play is the Green Bay Packers. And, Key, you got them in the top five of draft winners, even after not getting, as usual, not getting Aaron Rodgers a target in the first round. Why the Packers in you know as one of the winners and can any of the receivers they got you know be that check mark for Aaron Rodgers right now you know the interesting thing for me is I could have put them at one two or three I just happen to have them at three and the Ravens at two and the Jets at one when you think about Quay Walker the inside linebacker that they selected you talk about him right and you say to yourself well why would they need a linebacker well they've been chasing a linebacker in the inside for years. They've been trying to find that stout inside linebacker for years. We thought when they picked Jordan Love, that would be the year that they would take a linebacker. They did not. When you talk about the big stud defensive tackle in Devontae Wyatt, you you put him alongside. He's out of Georgia. You put him alongside Kenny Clark. You talk about Jonathan Ford from Miami, another defensive tackle they selected in the draft. That's just on the defensive side of the ball where the defense was really good toward the end of the season for Joe Barry. So now you say, well, what about the offensive side? They go out and get Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Many people thought he would have been a late first-round pick, slid into the second round. They grab him. He's fast. He's big. He's strong. His competition level was down, but that doesn't mean anything. If you can catch, you can run. You've been hit, whether you've been hit in Pop Warner or in, in FCS football or Division Five football. It doesn't matter. Power Five, whatever. You can play the position. Then they go out and they get Sean Ryan, 
a guard tackle on the offensive side of the ball. They say, okay, we're going to shore up whatever little offensive line depth we need. Then they go out and get another guy in Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, six foot two and a half, probably a sub four four, two hundred and fifteen pound stud of a wide receiver that falls to the fourth round. Probably was an early second round pick. They've had success in the second, third, fourth rounds of the draft in the past. You think about guys like Greg Jennings. You think about guys like Javon Walker. You think about guys, well, Javon Walker was taken in the first round, but you think about guys like Devontae Adams, uh, uh, a guy in Randall Cobb. They moved from a quarterback spot at Kentucky to a receiver Christian who's been Watson playing. Watson dudes. Yes. Yeah. You just think about all of them. Uh, Equinenius. You think about, uh, who else am I thinking about? MVS. You think about all of these receivers that them, they've yeah. taken in the middle rounds that people are like, ah, these guys can't play. Lazar is still there. Lazar is a veteran now. Aaron Rodgers doesn't mind having young wide receivers in the middle of the rounds. But for whatever reason, I think a lot of people on the outside go crazy because they see other teams take receivers in the first round and don't have the success that Aaron Rodgers has with middle-of-the-round receivers that go on, quite frankly, to get paid by other teams because of the success that they've had with the quarterback. But, Key, if you are Aaron Rodgers, if you're 38 years old, like what is your patient level with – grooming young wide receivers, right? And I, I know that you have Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard there, right? You're going but year it, by it, year now. Yeah, yeah, it gets to a certain point where if your contract is year by year and you're looking for instant results, like it, at 38 years old, well, now I have to wait for a guy like Watson. Like when will he get familiar with championship levels? Because for him, for us, when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, it's about winning Super Bowls yesterday. It's not about, oh, I got a so year who, or two to let these so guys So who bait. would you be? No, so no, I, I'm, be? Not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying who the, the right pieces are, but I, I'm – you still have to. Don't you have to go out and get a number one? Don't you have to go out and get a guy? Well, I don't know that. I don't know that that Kristen Watson won't turn out to be the best receiver in this year's draft, or Romeo Dobbs, the best receiver in this year's draft. Guess what, Jay? If I put you on the court with Steph Curry, do you think you're going to be better? If I put you on the court. With CP3, do you think you're going to be better? Yeah, but if, if it's if my I rookie you, year, if it's my rookie yes. year, there's still like a pretty substantial learning curve. I hear it's still hey, a substantial key. learning curve for guys that are veterans when you're coming into a new situation. Right, doesn't but, matter. But that's okay. different, though, Key. You no, know what it's I'm not. talking it, it, so about. Wait, so you're saying there's no difference between a guy like DK Metcalf who's been in the league for a substantial amount of time than a rookie that comes in playing for Aaron Rodgers as it relates there, to expectations there is, and learning the playbook? Diff, there yeah. is going to be a difference. But if DK Metcalf can only do one thing, which is run straight, and these other guys could do multiple things, I, be, I would believe Aaron Rodgers would prefer the guys that could do multiple things opposed to someone who could just run straight. You know, Christian Watson, if I was a Packers fan, I'd be psyched about that pick because as, as a fan of, of a team in the draft, you're like, wait, we, maybe that dude is the best in the draft and we only got, we didn't have to use a first-round pick on him. And when you see a guy who's tall, fast, can get 50-50 balls, all that kind of stuff, you're like, mess around. If my team is constantly taking guys like that in the second round and they wind up being sometimes the best yeah. receiver in football, I'm I mean, like, I hey, take your, your high first-round pick. throwing me to football. Yeah, it helps I don't have, thing, yeah. it's a force I don't have, like, uh, Andy Dalton throwing me the ball. That's a, I, I got Aaron freaking Rodgers throwing If you had Andy Dalton throwing you the ball, that would have been the happiest day of your life. What are you talking about? You, 
You didn't have any. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about as a as a rookie. I know. I know. As a rookie, though, it's different, Jay. I when agree. you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers, because from a scheme standpoint, they can do things to put these young guys in a position to be successful. And on top of that, when you draft in Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada, it's cold in Nevada. Okay, it's freezing up in wherever they play at. North Dakota State, although they play in a dome, he's in that environment. When 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 he lives there, he's there. He understands what the weather's all about. Mm. Mm-hmm. They're drafting those sort of situations, which makes all the sense in the world, opposed to giving up all those picks to go get a guy like D.K. Metcalf. There will be no uh, Quay Walker. There will be no Devontae Watt if you were to give those Picks away, you can't strengthen yeah. your defense. I get it. I, 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 Jay, I, 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 I think you're your point is an interesting one, though. Years ago, when you had Rodgers, the longer horizon, you're like, yeah, we get this guy, develop him. Nowadays, you kind of want him to hit the ground running, running if he's going year to year. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider with us now. Hey, Dan. Giving you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. <laughs> no contract, no compromise. So, Key loves the Packers draft. Um, had him third in his real rankings behind only the Jets, who killed it, right? And the Ravens, who mm-hmm. once again, you're like, yup, yup, ooh, they got that guy too? <laughs> and they didn't have to move up, right? Stuff like that. What do you think about the Packers, and what's the reaction around the league to their draft? It's a very Packer draft. Like, I mean, they, they did trade up in the second round for a receiver. Right. That, that, makes, that sounds like something the Packers would do. Trading up in the first round for a receiver does not, and they didn't. They sat tight. They took two Georgia defenders. They needed help on defense, uh, and they felt like they would stay true to who they are, which is, you know, we draft. For, for us, for the Packers, the draft is about the long term, period. And, yes, we, we know we're short at receiver this year right now. But there are other ways to fix that other than drafting a rookie and trading up and trading multiple picks to draft a rookie who may not be ready to help right away anyway. So um, their approach has led to more wins over the last 20 years than all but two teams. And they feel like it's the right one and they feel like that validates it. So there's this urgency uh, among people on the outside, like, why didn't they get a receiver? Why didn't they get a receiver? The Packers, they know they need help there. They also know that there are several more months of potential player acquisition time mm. uh, to help get them one. So, but Dan, like if you <laughs> hear all this talk about Aaron Rodgers, and I know I'm on the outside looking in, and I, I get the philosophy. I, stay, I, I understand how they stay true to their principles. And Christian Watson could end up being a superstar be. wide receiver, right? But isn't there some kind of pressure considering Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago, you draft these kind of guys, hey, okay, I can understand. I can build over time. I'm going to be here. Now that his deal seems like it's one year after one year, doesn't that put pressure on the organization to give him what he needs now and hit the ground running instead of waiting for these rookies to kind of grow into what the system is? Or no? It it does. And I think some of what Green Bay has done over the last year indicates that they do feel that. If you really dig in on the way that they've restructured some contracts and pushed money into future years to keep a roster together last year and then to a certain extent this year – that's unlike them, and I think that's their sort of nod to, hey, you know, we, we do have Aaron here. We don't know how much longer we've got to keep this roster strong, but it doesn't mean they're going to go all the way that way. And quite frankly, Rodgers' record with rookie receivers is not fantastic, and there's a reason to believe for every, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, there, there's a half dozen receivers in the draft that, that aren't as great the first year as they are the third year, right? Like that, it's still viewed by most teams as a position where somebody needs time to develop to become as good as they can possibly be. So uh, you could make the case 
that drafting a first-round receiver for the Packers would have been the wrong move for 2022. By the way, they were considering they, they selected 22nd. That's their first pick. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone went between 22 and when they took Christian Watson, right? So they did, in fact, get the best available receiver Right. From the time that they drafted 22, there's not like if they would have used their first round pick, they would have just taken Christian Watson. No receiver, I don't think, went between 22 and when they took Watson. Right. I think if you want to criticize what they did in round one, it would be should they have been more aggressive and traded up like up. some yeah. of these other teams did. That, that, that's the criticism I'm hearing of them uh, among people, you know, Orlovsky, among people who, uh, who are down on, uh, on their draft. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Let's get to hot news or hot news, Dan. Debo Samuel still wants to be traded, Dan. Hot news or not news? Oh, it's hot news. I mean, look, this is – I mean, uh, Roger said it the other night. I don't think the Packers can get him. But if you're a team that's out there still looking for a receiver, and there are contending teams still in the receiver market. I mean, Tennessee, boy, 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 do they Mm. need somebody, right? Um, Kansas City could probably still use some help. Yeah, as long as he's still out there, as long as he's unhappy and wants out, this, this will remain hot news, one of the hottest stories of the offseason. Yeah, it's, it's hot news, and particularly for the San Francisco 49ers because they could have used the draft picks this year if they'd have moved on from him. Now it's all future stuff. There's nothing current because those, tr- the draft is over with, and Debo Samuel, he wants out. Yeah, I know it's weird. It's hot news, obviously, it's Debo. But if Kyle Shanahan really loves him and says they want him, like, why, why not get it done? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. Look, the, he was upset by the initial contract offer once more than they're offering, and you know, th- there may be other stuff going on. It, it, it's it's just a situation where the player wants out for whatever reason. So, I think they have to do some relationship repair in addition to just just pay. Him. After all the talk, let's see what really happens. AJ right. Brown, we love him. We're not going anywhere. Right. Gone. Debo Samuel. Oh, there's problems still there. Let's wait and see. The 49ers asking price for Jimmy G remains high. Dan, hot news or not news? It's not news. I mean, you use the word remains, right? It's not like it's, it's, it's newly high. So, yeah, it's not new. Look, they, they don't want to just dump him. Uh, he has value to them, and they feel like he would have value to someone else. He's coming off of shoulder surgery, still hasn't thrown since the surgery, won't until late June, early July. Until that time, there's really nothing they can do. No team's going to take him unless they see him healthy first. And for the 49ers at this point, with the market having you know, dried up a bit, it, it behooves them to wait until training camp and see if someone's situation changes and they get more desperate. Maybe uh, they can get a better return for him then. See, it, I, I agree with Dan. So to me, it's not news at all. I think when you look at the situation with Jimmy G, he has shoulder issues. His value is with the 49ers. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if the 49ers at the end of the day say, you know what, going to the training camp, he's healthy. He's our starter. Exactly. I know we believe in Trey Lance. Exactly, Key. I, that's why I don't think it's not news. I mean, look, I, I don't see that being likely, but if, if he is healthy and they can't move him, he'll still be on the roster. Man, what does high mean anyway? To me, if you can get Jimmy G for a package that's fronted by a second-round pick or something, that's amazing. Like that's To the, me, that's not even a high asking price for a quarterback. That's what quarterback. the 49ers spent to get him. It's what the Patriots spent yeah. to get him. It should be, I, we, we know what Jimmy G is worth, second-round pick. Do you think it's likely, Dan, he'll still be there yeah. when it's all said and done? No, I, I don't think he'll be there. The Saints, Dan, are expected to make an aggressive push yep. to sign the Honey Badger. Hot news or not news? Hot news. That. I mean, this is a, a guy I think who can still have an impact, and he's been of interest to a few teams this offseason. Um, I, I, I kept hearing the Rams throughout the process. Don't, don't rule them out in terms of a late move for, uh, for Honey Badger. We know he talked to the Eagles, but uh, if the Saints are going to be aggressive, then it's the kind of thing you could see happening this week.
it's hot news. He's from the Bayou. I, I mm-hmm. certainly see where he wants to go home and play. Big time Saint fan growing up. So it's hot news, and they need a safety, a leader on that side of the ball. Tremendous player. Dan spoke to it. He'll bring veteran presence to a secondary that has struggled at times, even though they've been good on defense. Yeah, I think it's hot news. I mean, him just going to the Saints, I mean, what that does for their defense, the booster that Key just talked about. I mean, also, I feel like the NFC is just it's, it's open. It makes mm-hmm. you think about Jameis Winston and company, what that offense needs to do. But their defense is style. They got a legit chance. Olave on the offensive end. You add the Honey Badger on the defense. I'm with Key on the Saints now. Hot news or not news, Panthers draft Matt Corral amid – Baker Mayfield speculation, Dan. Quickly. It's hot news, guys. I think it makes the Panthers less likely to get Baker Mayfield, and, and I think Cleveland's market is drying up. Key? Yeah, hot news. Baker Mayfield is not going. This is news to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> the players in the locker room don't want Baker Mayfield, so I don't see where Baker Mayfield is going to be in Carolina. It's great. Baker Mayfield just feels stuck. It's Listen, stuck. It's that, this He's sounds like a stuck. relationship. I'm with Key. It's a relationship thing. You have that relationship with one of your best receivers. He starts to talk. He's well-liked around the league, Odell. People are like, no, 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 don't want that here. That's uh, He did it to his own self, Baker Mayfield. All right. Yes, that is correct. Yes, that is correct, Max Kellerman. Thank you, Dan Graziano, as always. Is it a lack of experience or firepower holding back one NBA title contender? Jay will tell us next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.